This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest and encouragement for all of you who are on the journey of living out your passion and purpose in Jesus Christ just like us. My name is Sister Miriam James, and we are delighted to be with you once again. I have my wonderful, wonderful friends whom we've just had an amazing conversation before this recording even started about all that God is doing in our lives. Uh, my friends Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. And ladies, today we're going to talk about hope in seasons of darkness. Um, but maybe, Heather, you just want to start and just say hello to everybody and, and how you're doing this week and, and what's on your heart. Yeah, it's, you know, I'm just loving the fall. Can I just say that? I Like the, the leaves up here are changing. It's gorgeous. There's rain. I mean, I don't know. I'm just a total Northwest kind of girl. So I just am loving, I'm loving this season for sure. And um, yeah, things are going well with me. How about you, Michelle? Um, the fall, forgot that it was fall in the Gulf Coast and it is 95 stinking degrees here and it is miserable with like <laughs> 500% humidity. And so um, my front porch was all decked out with these beautiful mums and pumpkins and my poor mum flowers are dying because they are getting drenched to death. Like the only plants I can keep alive are succulents because I'm living in the desert, which is called the Gulf Coast right now. So, but it's beautiful. You still can go to the beach in October. So, I mean, not too many complaints. So, you know, yeah. But yeah. If you can still, if you can wear flip flops all year round, there are no complaints. Yeah. Seriously. You know, the quality of life is your flip flop wearage, you know, but yeah. All good. You can't really beat that. I, I, you know, I was actually in Milwaukee last weekend and it is turning fall there and it was raining. And I tell you, uh, one thing I forgot, I was at the Diocese of Austin Women's Conference a couple weeks ago and I have to give Juliana, my host, a shout out. She was amazing. But anyway, hey girl, what's up? So, but I, I did have to admit that I loved the rain and the leaves and I too, I know Heather or Michelle, you're, you're a Southern girl through and through. Man, I'm dying down. It's going to be 90 degrees today in South Texas and I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll think of you all when I'm wearing my cozy hoodie outside. Dang, girl, I'm going to break out the fleece. (laughs) So we're going to talk today about uh, hope in seasons of darkness. And I think any of us who have been just coherent, at least uh, in the world, have noticed just there's been a lot of brokenness lately in the world. Everything from what's happening in Las Vegas to just what's been brought to my own heart lately is just so much suffering in people's lives. I can't tell you how many times people contact me and ask me to intercede for them, which I gladly do. And these, these heartbreaking situations. And I think that at times like that, like these sorrows, these seasons of our life, these sorrowful mysteries of our life, it is easy in those times to kind of lose perspective of why we do what we do and the hope that Christ brings to us. And so we're going to talk today about hope. And so I just want to just, just, just put some ground rules on here that hope is not um, wishful thinking. It is not an optimistic attitude. It's really the, the confident expectation that God will fulfill his promises. It's a virtue that's infused in our baptism that orders us directly toward God, that he is our, he is our hope. He is the one who saves us. And so it's a great gift given to us that we also have the opportunity to walk in. And so maybe Michelle, if we just want to kind of kick this conversation off, and I know just in your own life, what God is doing in your life and, and just the different seasons, maybe you could just kind of speak to us a bit about how the virtue of hope is unfolding in your own life and how you walk in it as a, as a mama and all that you're doing. 
I don't know. It's a tricky thing because like you said, it's believing in God's promises, but it's also believing he is who he mm. says he is and he will do what he says he will do. But it's often not how we think in our picture of our head, what it's going to look like, the finished process. But I think for me, walking with the Lord um, as um, long as I have, you know, which I'm not that old, but yes, you whatever. are. As long as I have, shut up, Heather. Um, <laughs> sister. She's being mean to me again. Anyway, she's so, I, thank you. Time out. Hello. Um, but just that he is who he says he is. He will do what he says he's going to do, but that I can trust him through the process, you know, and for right now, um, I think our family is in just, uh, a season a couple of weeks ago, we had just a really messy situation in our family. A lot of things that came to surface with some of our kids, um, you know, because what, Two of them come from hard places and their brokenness was heading up against my brokenness, especially more so than Chris's. And it just got messy and ugly and, um, but in a good way, but I realized that this breakdown was actually for breakthrough, you know, and that he will always bring, um, beauty and restoration out of hard things if we surrender those things to him and that this is for a process, you know, and that his specialty is restoration and redemption, even the hardest situations, you know, that his trademark is restoration and redemption. It is our response is surrender and trust, which, yeah, I mean, it is so easier said than done when you're living through the process. But I know for me, I kind of felt like the scene from Jerry Maguire, you know, when he says, this isn't a breakdown or breakthrough, you know, like, okay, it's not a breakdown. It's a breakthrough to see God's glory revealed, um, in this process and this healing process and restoration. So yeah, that is, I guess that is my definition of hope, messy hope. I like to call it a little messy. Mm-hmm. It is messy, yeah. isn't it? Virtue is messy. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't we would would that it would be so clean and neat, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. And we think it'd be a one size fits all. What does hope look like in one person? And what does hope look like in another mm-hmm. person? You know? And I think mm-hmm. it's um hope is dependent on your story too. Like what area in your story that God is writing do you need hope in? You know, where do you need to see? Mm-hmm. And I guess I just cling to the scripture a lot. You know, in Psalms, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know, I'm like, okay, don't you Amen. dare wait till I'm dead to show me your goodness. Or this side, <laughs> I want to stay on this side of heaven and not that side of heaven. You know, I want to see in the land of the living, God, like, come on, mm-hmm. show me your glory. Let's see it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Heather, what about you? I think that's, yeah, I think it's really beautiful, Michelle. Like the fruit of what you're, what you're talking about the ability to call to mind that this is an opportunity for breakthrough in the midst of it stirring up a lot of emotion and it's difficult as you're walking in that is, is fruit of journeying with God, relationship with God, seeing him moving in your life. And that brings hope to us because we've seen what God can do. I think that's the hardest thing to be people of hope in a world that is full of despair and tragedy and all the things that we've been seeing lately with hurricanes and what happened in Las Vegas, these amazing tragedies. How do we have hope in the midst of that? I think for me, I have to keep um, the whole story in perspective, where we've come from and where we're going. And if I don't have heaven in my mind and in my heart, it's very hard to have hope. So for me, that hope comes from the knowledge and the belief that God is good, that heaven is real, 
and that's where we're going and that he is sovereign, that no matter what happens, he is always sovereign and he can work all things for good. Uh, I think where we get stuck is, you know, why did you let this Mm -hmm. happen? These are the big questions that we wrestle with as Christian people, but God, you could have stopped it. Why, why did you let these horrible things happen? And I think for me, the way that I've thought through that is that that's our desire for heaven speaking. Amen. You know, when we, we want all things to, to cease, like all tragedies to cease. We, we are, our hearts are burning for heaven where there will be no more tears and no more sorrow and no more pain. Um, but unfortunately on this side of heaven, on this earth, there will be sorrow and there will be pain. Um, but the beauty of the gospel is that God brings life to dead places and that he can turn everything on its head, which we see in his life through the resurrection. Um, and obviously he suffered, you know, there was tragedy that occurred. There was pain that occurred. Um, but the work and the power of God is that he takes all those things and can flip it on its head. So I do think that whatever tragedy happens, it also is an opportunity for God to reveal his glory, mm-hmm. which is amazing. What are your thoughts, sister? Yeah. And which I totally hear what both of you are saying and, you know, which he does. And, and many times it's not on our timeline. And I have somebody in my life who often speaks into my life and they will often remind me when I'm starting to ask why questions, they'll often remind me that, you know, sometimes the why questions are not answered this side of heaven, but you know, he'll say to me, really, the real question is how do you want to respond to that? Like, how do you want to respond versus why is this happening to me versus here's something that's happening that God, for whatever reason, in his divine wisdom is allowing in my life who is sovereign. So how do you want to respond to that? And I just had this very epic healing in my life. Once again, I, God just blows. I just love, I love Jesus. Can I just say that? Like, he's so beautiful. And I love how he just (laughs) continually shatters my paradigms of who he is. And, um, this area of my life where I thought I could kind of muster, it was an area of despair in my life. that has been present for a long time. And I thought that I could kind of muscle my way through it or harden my heart toward it. And really what Jesus is showing me is that it's in the vulnerable surrender to him that he brings the beauty out of it. And it just so humbled me just to go to him and say, I, I need you to speak into this and I can't manage this area of my life on my own. And I just need you as a a beloved and a savior here. And his attentiveness toward that part of my heart, his tenderness toward that part of my story that even I can't articulate yet, uh, that he knows already. And I, I see him bringing already life into that part of my heart that, it wasn't the hardness of my heart and me trying to manage it. It was me laying it on his own pierced heart and letting him speak to that. And mm. so it's like this continual challenge that I think hope, you know, we talk about virtue as a, a firm and habitual disposition toward what is good, that it's a gift that requires uh, a strengthening. And so many times in my life, I have to actually actively choose hope. You know, I have to say to myself, okay, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to give into despair here. I'm going to choose to exercise the muscle of hope in my life, knowing like what you said, Heather, that this is not the end of the story. This sorrowful chapter is not the end, that this is not the end of the story. Glory is the end of the story forever. And I think that's um, something we have to actively engage in. You know, what do you guys think about that? Well, I think like even what Heather and both of you said about, okay, our final destination is not the earth. Like we were made for another reality. We were made for heaven and keeping an eternal perspective. But I also think for me as you know, all of us for women, especially like one of our major things that way we are wired is for security. But I think also one of our major idols is security. 
you know? Um, and I think we make Mm. security an idol. And I just go back to that line from Chronicles of Narnia, you know, he is good, but he's not safe. And we (laughs) want, that's a good one. Yeah. We just want, we want a safe Jesus and we want a safe gospel. And I'm thinking, when has the gospel ever been safe? It's been dangerous. Mm. And why do we think that we are as exempt from that kind of pain. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about Las Vegas, you know, and these shootings and you read these stories and it just even makes me tear up. The husband, it was their anniversary trip and they've been married for 23 years and he lays on his wife and says, get down, you know, and he covers his mm-hmm. body with hers and, you know, and tells her he loves her and sacrifices. There was another nurse that mm-hmm. stayed with this man, a stranger she didn't know because she didn't want him to die alone. I mean, so like for me, I see like, okay, this is a tragic thing and it's not safe. But then you also see the beauty of humanity. You see God's beauty come through forth of pain, like them live out. But um, I just also feel convicted. Like I'm thinking, okay, Jesus's birth, what happens? They kill all, Herod sends all these babies get killed. Like I wonder what Mary feels like when she hears Mm -hmm. about all these other children Mm. getting killed because of her Mm. child. I mean, the gospel's Mm. never been safe is what I'm trying to say. Yet we want it to be safe and comfortable, Um, but it's not safe. So we trust in him. It's not safe. So we have eternal perspective. Mm -hmm. It's not safe because Mm. we know that the Holy Spirit is our advocate and he will fight for us. But if he allows a situation that he will bring resurrection and redemption through it. But um, I know just constantly for me, like, especially with parenting, like, you know, when you're a parent, you feel like your heart is walking outside of your body. You know, there is something like, you know, it's like a vulnerability that you've never experienced before. Um, You know, and I have to ask myself constantly, am I parenting out of faith or am I parenting out of fear? Am I parenting, you know, am I parenting out of faith or fear in the decisions that I make? You know, am I going to the worst case scenario? Or am I trusting God, like constantly surrendering my children to them, you know, which is a hard, you know, um, act to do because we want them safe and that's, you know, Mm -hmm. how we are, but we want them holy too. And it's it's just a hard tension to keep, you know, and, um, yeah, so Mm -hmm. that's my struggle with it. I think one of the effects of tragedy and experiencing um, sorrow in the world is that it exposes what we truly believe about God. You know, sister, you were touching on those questions. Like when we ask the why God questions, it immediately speaks to our distrust of him Mm -hmm. as if somehow he's trying to hurt us or he's withholding from us, Mm -hmm. which is really the beginning. I mean, that happened in the Garden of Eden. That was the question. Is God withholding something good from me? So I need to go after it myself. And these situations often expose in my own heart my belief about God Ugh, that yeah. he, he could intervene, but he's choosing not to. He's distant. You know, he mm-hmm. doesn't care. He's not intimately involved in our life. That he could come down and do this and that, but he's not because somehow he doesn't love us enough or he wants to teach us a lesson, you oh, know, which yes. speaks to like, what a cruel, what a cruel father. Mm-hmm. If that's really our belief that he's doing something so hurtful to teach us a lesson, you know, yet, the other side of it is that God can bring good out of all things, but he doesn't, you know, cause death and pain. That's not the kind of God that we have. That's Mm -hmm. not who he is. That's not Mm -hmm. in his nature, but he can use those things to bring about a greater good in us um, and draw us into deeper intimacy with him. 
So I think for me, when when I hear about things in the world that are happening, you know, terrorist attacks, it I'm a very sensitive person. Like, I can't mm-hmm. even watch the news most of the time because mm-hmm. I just get so upset about what's going on. Um, but I, it, it does expose what do I believe about God. And mm-hmm. sometimes, like you were saying, you have to make an act of faith. So I need to start declaring, like, God, you are good and you are sovereign. And I want to invite you into this pain, this situation that's going on. You are a good father and you care for your children. So I ask that you would bring redemption and peace and restoration to every broken part that's happening, that you would bring beauty from ashes. And I think that's what stirs our hearts, even as we watch movies mm-hmm. and or we hear stories. Everybody that we look up to and that our heroes are people that have gone through intense tragedy or difficulty and have come out a better person, that have they have a strength that remains. And that's the kind of people that we are called to be as beacons of hope. And we can't be that to other people if we're not cultivating it in our own hearts first. Mm -hmm. Well, amen to that. And it's true to see people live that kind of really, in a sense, like dangerous Christianity that you believe in Christ and you choose to believe that he is who he says he is in spite of quote unquote evidence that supports otherwise, right? All the doubts that we have. That, that's just so captivating. I just so, it's so paradoxical and it's so outside of kind of how we think, you know, and that the person that I was referring to earlier will often say to me as well that, you know, trigger, like these things are triggered in us. Like we have these different things that happen to us in our life. But he said, they're triggering us to bring the poison out. Because like you said, Heather, that it's hiding sometimes what we think of God. Things I, I didn't even know about myself. And these situations come into my life that reveal a truth where the poison is going to come out. Why? So Jesus, his love can come in. And Amen. that's like... To me, I mean, the triggers are often unnerving or the areas that are just the sorrowful mysteries, the, the, the despair, the darkness. Um, like what you're talking about, Michelle, you're talking about living Christianity in the day-to-day life. Like you're not talking about once a week Christianity. You're talking about the nitty gritty, why behind the what, here's what we do. Here's how you live this out, which is not easy. And it requires a dangerous faith, so to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. And the world is so desperate for it. The world needs people of hope. There are so many people in the world who are, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop constantly. It's like, what else is going to happen? And there's Mm -hmm. just this negativity and despair. You know, depression is at an all-time high and anxiety issues. Like, people are really struggling. And they need us as Christian people to be a voice of hope, to live lives of hope, and to speak hope into the darkness. For sure. Mm, definitely. Yeah. And that's our call, isn't it? Like that's the deepest call. And that's our deepest desire, I think, too. You know. You had a quote, sister, that, that we found that was really beautiful um, that maybe you could share with our listeners. So Michelle had sent this quote from L.R. Nost. And she's a beautiful author. And this, well, you have one from Tolkien too, but I love this one. She says, do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break and all things can be mended. Not with time, as they say, but with intention. So go, love intentionally, extravagantly, unconditionally. The broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you. Love that. Yes. Michelle, please tell me where you found that because that is exceedingly beautiful. Um, L.R. Knotts, I love her. She's a parenting expert. She's a psychologist. I don't know. I'm not even saving that word. Right. Psychologist. Would you like yeah. to correct me on that it's one? Really people, it's really people. It's all right. So, um, theologically. <laughs> 
Thank you. We need more coffee. We're recording really early. We do. It's like it's been a rough month. Okay, yeah. Um, But she's a child psychologist and she is really great about parenting. But so I love her stuff. But I love that whole idea of just loving extravagantly and loving unconditionally and Mm. trying to be hope. And when things get dark, like you can tell when things get dark in the world, that is an amazing time for light to shine brighter, though. It is amazing time to love more. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing time. Mm -hmm. Everything in us wants to just get in holy huddles and hide away from the world. But instead, this is the time to lean in and lean in deeper to the world and love those in our family, love our neighbors, um, love the people that God puts into our lives, love the people that the Holy Spirit send us, whether they're easy to love or they're trying to love. Um, but just be open to partnering with the Holy Spirit and saying, okay, where am I called to be light right now? But I also really think that these situations, and I think about like, especially like the, the gun violence and stuff like this, I really think about those individuals that, you know, um, did these acts, you know, I'm thinking about the loneliness and the brokenness that they have to be in to do something like this, you know? And I think we are the, one of the most connected um, generations that's ever come about. But I also think we're what, some of the most lonely people that have ever come about because we have mistaken social connection for real vulnerability and real connection and real human, um, you know, one-to-one contact. And um, so it's just convicting myself, like thinking, okay, where am I supposed to lean in? Because usually like when something like that happens, I want to check out and huddle. And so where's the Holy Spirit asking me mm-hmm. to lean into this? Um. Yeah, I mean, often you know, in our in our community of friends, there's sort of the idea of like, yeah. okay, time to move <laughs> on to the island. Like, let's get out of here. Just our little community. Let's escape, you know, into our little Catholic bubble. Um, but that's not what we're called to do. You know, we are called to be in the world um, to bring hope into the darkness. And you know, just as the scriptures say, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness Amen. has not overcome it. Sometimes we mm-hmm. think the reverse, that somehow God is mm-hmm. losing the battle, which is absolutely not true. God has already won the battle, and we are, we are called to be a light in the darkness. But the reality is we are in a world at war. This is what we were born into. Um, the enemy is... Prowling you know, like uh, a roaring lion. He's yeah. deceitful, mm-hmm. and he, he, he is prowling like a roaring lion. He is. And I think that's where we need to be people of mm-hmm. prayer as well. To be people of hope, we need to be people of prayer. We need to be praying for our communities. We need to be um, praying for people who are who are in the darkness. And we need to be putting on our armor every day. We need to be praying, you know, the prayer of Saint Michael, and just acknowledging that you know there is a there is a war going on for our souls. Um, but we have a God who has already won. We just need to come under His authority as sons and daughters of Him and live in our in our sonship and in mm. our daughtership because that is mm-hmm. powerful, so much more powerful than mm-hmm. we could imagine. So. I think, yes, amen. And I also think of today I was at Mass and there was a visiting priest there who I've never been to Mass with. And he was an old, like elderly priest, so delightful. And he just looked at us today with such love and he said, you know, all you have is today. He said, that's all you have. And he said, just let Jesus 
love you. Let, you know, whatever he brings into your life today, just walk with him in it today. And I just could feel the tension just going, like just going away from my body, just coming out of my body. Mm And there's a saying in the 12 step program that easy does it. Right. And I think it's true to like to settle into our identities. This is what you're speaking of really both of you is our identities as daughters of God, that we are loved, that beloved is our deepest identity. And today is all we have. And God's going to take care of that. And you know, we just take his hand in ours. He takes our hand as, as, as our daddy. He takes our hand and he's going to lead us today that we are not alone. We have a community. We have a community of saints who are battling for us or praying for us. We've got each other. Um, and so, yeah, we are not alone. We are not alone on this journey. We are so deeply loved. Amen. Yeah, so, um, can I just, I just want to read that quote again. Can I just, I just, I'm going to say it one more time. So this is L.R. Noss and she says, do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break and all things can be mended, not with time as they say, but with intention. So go love intentionally, extravagantly, unconditionally. The broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you. I think that's a serious message of hope today. Um, so ladies, gosh, our time went quick with those guys that we had on a couple weeks ago, man, they took up like all our time. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> It was great though. We're like, Hey man, 47 minutes. We could totally do that with our guy guest. Um, so let's talk about our last closing minutes here, ladies. Uh, let's talk about our one thing. Okay. So can I just go first? Is that okay? Cause you know, whatever. Yeah. So totally. somebody the other day texted me and said, you have got to listen to Matt Mars new album. It's called echoes. And they said, please do yourself the favor. And it was great with the way they worded it. Please do yourself the favor of listening to his song into your hands. And so I'm at the airport and I mean, I'm in airports all the time and I'm like on the verge of like emotional meltdown because I'm way overtired and my flight's way delayed. And that gift, that song was such a gift to me. So my one thing this week is a new song by Matt Marr from his Echoes album called Into Your Hands. And I think it will richly bless the listeners. It just has been very beautiful to me. So I just offer that beauty to you. Michelle, my dear friend, what is your one thing this week? Okay, so my one thing this week, we are going along the song track is a song also. Um, Because our schedules have all been crazy, the three of us, we've had events and other things going on. We are actually recording the Friday before this thing is supposed to launch on Monday. Procrastinators. Yes, stop. We usually (laughs) record a couple weeks before, but yeah, whatever. We're not doing that right now. Anyway. And I was up all night studying. No, no, Heather is... Whatever. She still has her pajamas on. Um, anyway, so, oh, busted. totally busted. But anyway, today is the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. So I walk my kids, my five younger ones, to school uh, every morning. Both of our schools are within walking distance. So I'm walking the kids to school this morning, and I'm saying, hey, guys, what is today's feast day? You know, because they're going to mass in their school, and they're like – um, Sam, my overachiever, of course, is like Our Lady of Fatima. It's the hundred year anniversary. Da 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 da. And then Lily, my little girl, was like, "Yes, you know, Jacinta," and she's going through all the names. And so I was like, "Great." And we were talking about it. I was like, "Okay, so what is your favorite Marian song?" And my son Noah, who thinks totally outside the box, looked at me and goes, "Let it be from the Beatles." <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> oh, I love and I, that. I thought for a moment, Aww. and I was like. Yeah, well, that will work. Yeah, it totally yes. works. And so, uh, oh. so when we were continuing our walk, we were finishing, and I looked up on YouTube my phone, and we found Alicia Keys and um, John Legend's version of Paul McCarthy, which the Paul McCarthy version is always oh the my best. Gosh. You, you can't top them. Yeah. But 
the version that um, John Legend and Alicia Keys did for a tribute to Paul McCarthy, the Let It Be. So, um, yeah, that is my one thing for a Marian Fee song. Mm. Hey, come on. You know? Amen, girl. Yeah. You rock that. You rock <laughs> that one good. thing this week. Dang. It's a little I, bit hey, of a stretch. It says, Mother awesome. Mary, come to me, <laughs> speaking words of wisdom. You know? Let it be. Why don't you just sing us it, Heather? I think you need to sing us a chorus. You're the little worship artist. Sing us a chorus. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm the worship leader, but I don't have a song this week. What I do have is a really good pumpkin chocolate chip muffin oh, recipe. Dang, girl. I made it yesterday. Yeah, they were gone in a mm. heartbeat. The whole family went bonkers over it. And tis the season, even if you're in 90 degree weather, Grr. it's still good to make a good pumpkin fall muffin. So I'm going to put that up on the website oh, for people. Amen. Oh, I love you too. What a gift. I just want to gush over both of you. Love you too. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. And we just pray for an outpouring of hope in your life, dear listeners. We just pray that Jesus would bless you and that he would bring his hope to bear in your soul, that whatever you're facing right now, that his hope would triumph because you are loved. We just would ask if you enjoy this episode, would you please share it with a friend? You can visit our website at abidingtogetherpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating and a review. It would help us so much. And know of our prayers for you in this next week. Always have hope. There's always hope. God bless you.